Here we go. West Hills Friends is a Quaker meeting in Portland, Oregon. You can find more information about our community at westhillsfriends.org. As a Quaker community, we encourage everyone to share from their hearts, especially as it pertains to God's leading in their lives. These words are shared into a community that values the opportunity to respond and dialogue about what is said. The responses and dialogue are not included in this recording. The views expressed in this content are solely those of the original contributor and do not necessarily speak for the entire West Hills Friends community. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. This audio was re-recorded. Good morning. Today I would like to speak to you about a parable. This is one you've likely heard many times. I invite you to hear it as if for the first time. Put on your beginner's mind this morning. But before I get into that, I just wanted to say that ever since the word splagnizomai, you know that Greek word that Mark brought to us a few months ago, um, I've been studying and looking closer at the original Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic words as a way to sort of get outside of the common religious context that I've um, heard these stories. So today I'll be using a, a translation that is more literal and I'm using Strong's Greek Lexicon plus the work of Gary Gagliardi at ChristWords.com There are other interpretations of this parable and even Jesus offered an interpretation later on in the chapter but I'd like to sort of set those aside today and see if we can crack this open a little bit more. Now this passage that I'll be reading sounds a little bit choppy, like a non-native English speaker is reading the story. This is a literal verse written by Gary Gagliardi, and it's um, Matthew 13, 24 through 30. The kingdom of the universes is like a person spreading quality seed on his land. However, in the people falling asleep, his true self's hated one started and spread the fake wheat seeds up along the middle of the wheat and departed. At the time, however, the growing crops shot up and produced fruit, and at that time the weeds also came to light. Approaching to speak, however, the slaves of the owner of the house said to him, Lord, didn't you certainly spread quality source in your land? From what source, therefore, does it have the means to make false wheat? So he stated to them, Hating and alienating humanity caused this thing. So they relayed to him, So do you want us going out that we might collect them? So he orders them, Never. Then, collecting the false wheat, you will root out the real wheat together with them. Leave alone 
both to join themselves together to increase until the reaping. And at the critical time of the reaping, I will say to the reapers, first pick out the false wheat, tie them up in handfuls in order to burn them out, but bring together the wheat into my storehouse. So from this passage, several metaphors um, really came to mind, so I wanted to explore those a little bit. Well, the first obvious one would be the fruit, the fruit of the crops, the fruit of our lives, what we produce, like the fruits of the spirit versus the fruits of our ego or the protective personality, the fruits of our thoughts and our actions. But I also wanted to explore a little bit about the seeds. Now, the owner intentionally chooses and spreads the seeds he desires to cultivate. So it was determined at the time of planting what the fruits would be. They don't change halfway through growing. It is known and it is predetermined. It's also a hidden a hidden experience. It's buried. It's an internal experience. What the fruit of our lives begins internally in a hidden way. What are we planting before we produce? And these seeds take time. They can't be rushed. And so often we find we are patiently waiting for the fruits of our dreams, the fruits of our thoughts to come to break through and sprout. And also the fruit is the seed-bearing structure, meaning it's the part that's begetting new wheat. So it's a cycle that is tended to and cultivated. One internal process, one internal thought produces another one. And where is the, the fruit of that internal process false or true to our nature, to our, to our purpose. The other metaphor is, of course, sleeping. So we have the workers or the, the servants of the master sleeping, but the master doesn't sleep. It's like, could it be part of us sleeps while another part of us is conscious and awake? to what is happening. Was it the master's plan all along to have the seeds, the false wheat seeds planted? Is there a purpose to the, to the weeds? Another metaphor of the parable 
could possibly be that this is our soul's journey and purpose. There are some clues in the Greek that help us explain this a bit. So the word for master also means one's true self. It's the word autos. And it's in verse 25. And there it's translated his or myself, but it can also mean one's soul or one's true self in reference to the master. As an aside, the root of autos is air, or air in Greek is air in English as well, and breath, spirit. Then the word for enemy can also mean alienated one. So that's also in verse 25. What it's usually translated is as enemy, but it seems less like it's a whole person or a group of people, but it's more that maybe it's a part of us that hates or is hated, a part of us that alienates or is alienated. That is the part of us that's planting the seeds of weeds these seeds are not fruitful. These are not edible. Do we have a part of us planting toxic plants in our garden? Can we see that these weeds, the shadowy side, the state of hate and separation in us produces the opposite of what our soul and heart desire. And then there's the phrase came to light. In verse 26, the phrase is, the weeds also came to light. What came to light? What was revealed to us? The true nature of the weeds? Their true origin? Knowing that these must have been planted at a previous time? The fact that they're empty, that it wasn't until we identified them as weeds that we discovered that they were empty. They lacked nutrition. But it's okay. There is something still of value there for the creation of something nourishing. Even in the passage it says the wheat benefited from the weeds. And it wouldn't be a parable of Jesus without the message of forgiveness. So in verse 30, the word for leave it alone, I think this word could probably sum up the parable. The word is aphiomi, and it's translated as leave it alone, referring to the weeds being left alone with the wheat. But it can also mean let go, or leave, go away, and leave it behind or even can be used to mean forgive. Now, think of the clarity that we have when we start with doubt. Think of the confidence we have when we have experienced fear the worthiness 
when we have experienced shame, the freedom when we have experienced captivity, and the happiness when we have experienced deep sadness. It is only in the contrast that we can truly appreciate the, the fruits of the Spirit. It's only in contrast to the weeds that we recognize the wheat is so nutritious for us. Can you see how we need the weeds to show us the true wheat? And to prove this point even more, we have the baking of the bread. This is an interesting point that I teased in the West Hills Friends app earlier this week with a video. So you can go back there and find the video of the type of un, uh, oven that Jesus re referenced in the story. This is a tanur, and the oven was used to make the wheat that we speak about in this story into flatbread. It's a jar-shaped oven that's made out of mud, and you can see in the video that this man making it with his hands. And the bread is actually baked on the inside of the oven. And because it's a smaller oven, it doesn't fit pieces of wood. They use weeds to fuel the oven. So the weeds were bundled up with a purpose, knowing that this would also serve the nourishment as much, well not as much, but as um, as an assistance to the weed, the wheat. The wheat forms the bread, but the weeds are used. They are burned up, and in the burning up, we are given something that's edible. So you see, don't fret when things come up from the soil that you didn't plan. It can be used. In fact, it's already benefited your garden. Take it and burn it and make bread. So, but one of the things that we tend to do, or like the workers, is want to pull up and cut down the weeds maybe trample them, maybe throw them to the side, burn them up, avoid them at all costs. But in the pushing against, in the pulling up, in the rooting, it's like a, a fish hook. When we push against the circumstances in our lives, the feelings in our lives, the things that don't feel good, when, the more we reject those and run away saying we don't want to experience these, the more they sort of hook into us, like a fish hook gets further de deeper, the, the more we, the more the f fish tries to fight it. But in order to be released from that, we must let go. Now this parable implies that weeds do exist, but it also implies that it's okay. Yes, it's a false sense of reality. Yes, it's sown 
by the hate and alienation within us. But even more profound, the master draws a huge circle around the crops and says, let it be. The harvest will come and we will eat. Trust the process. Love and appreciate it all. Every circumstance you find yourself in, every event, every emotion, every feeling, embrace it and find the nourishment from it. It doesn't mean we eat the weeds, but we do bind them up, burn them, and make bread. So you can see that when the master said gather the wheat and bundle it, he had an intended use for the weeds that could help complete the cycle of seed to harvest to bread and turning it into fuel for our bodies. Some things in life are ready to harvest right now. What can we harvest? What did we plant way back when? What have we planted internally that we can harvest right now? And what did we plant that's ready to be burned, ready to be identified as weeds, ready to come to light, and ready to be bundled up and burned for the making of bread. Some things may need more time to sprout, but what are we cultivating with tender, attentive care? You know, it reminds me of a garden of possibilities. Before I finish, I wanted to read a poem, and then I have some queries. The poem is the 13th century Sufi poet Rumi. It's called The Breeze at Dawn. The breeze at dawn has secrets to tell you. Don't go back to sleep. You must ask for what you really want. Don't go back to sleep. People are going back and forth across the door sill where the two worlds touch. The door is round and open. Don't go back to sleep. And some queries. Are we awakened to the seeds that have been sown? and that we are sowing every day. Can we take the perspective of the master and let be what is? Accept it and move forward. Do we see that it is all useful? It's all okay? When do we need, feel the need to start uprooting the weeds? Can we perhaps see another way to use them? Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. We're really happy that so many of you are finding it to be helpful 
and as a way to stay connected with what's going on with us here at West Hills Friends. If you'd like to stay connected with us in other ways, we have a couple options for you. You can check out our website. It's westhillsfriends.org. There you'll find some more information about who we are as a community. You can also follow us on Facebook. We have a Facebook account by just searching for West Hills Friends. You can also follow us on Instagram. We have a Instagram account with the name West Hills Friends. So we hope that you'll get connected with us in other ways. And again, thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast.